Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, I am going to share my personal sleep story with you. And as you can imagine, this is a special episode for me. I never really shared my entire story with you or elsewhere. So I hope that this gets you inspired wherever you're standing right now um, to believe that you can and will sleep well and feel great again in maybe closer future than you might be thinking right now. So speaking of pictures, when my sleep problem started, it was as if a bus hit me. And the process was to get into the bus being the bus driver rather than the victim that got drove over, right? So what happened to me was that I had a slip disc. Years ago, I was before Christmas, I think it started off in November, end of November, something like that. I had a slip disc and these discs are part of the spine. Uh, If they slip out slightly, they can put pressure on a nerve. And that's exactly what happened. And this is really painful pressure. So Probably the closest I would describe the pain level is like to have tooth pain. It's, it's, the tooth pain might be even worse depending on hard you ha- how hard you experience tooth pain because it's in your head uh, and this is more like in your back and um, spreading the pain into my left leg. For me, it was the left leg, but it was so painful. And there's a different to normal pain, like um, if, if you get hurt somewhere, then typically if you don't touch it or, um, or don't move in certain ways, then the pain tends to get weaker so that you can forget it partly. And with this slip disc, it was just high level pain. So I, when I started to measure this later on, and I'm going to walk through what I did to get back and to recover on a natural basis too. Um, we're talking about, like, you know, I like to work with these scales. So on a pain level from 0 to 10, I was somewhere, uh, depending on the time of day and my constitution, between 7 and 10. And 10 is like, you know, I, I would nearly love to just... Um, cry, jump out of the window, whatever. So really high level pain um, and definitely a level of pain where I wasn't able to fall asleep anymore. So um, yeah, essentially when it started off, it started off like over a period of a couple of weeks where it got worse and worse. And typically you would think, or I, I would think, you know, things get better. So that was my hope. So first I had a little bit of back pain for a day or two. Then it started to um, to um, show up when I was sitting. Then it, it got worse when I was walking. Uh, then it was really horrible when I was just standing still. Uh, so it, it kind of built up. At this time, I had a Christmas event planned. I was supposed to do the moderation and I did it. And that was kind of where it started to peak. So in that moderation, I noticed that, you know, it was really bad. And uh, I did the moderation together with a woman. And especially in the opening, like 
we were throwing the balls to each other. Like I was talking a bit, she was talking a bit. And every time she was talking, I had to stand still, right? Because if somebody's doing the moderation and the co-moderator starts to walk around, people will look look and get attracted to the co-moderator. So you don't want to do that. That would be kind of unfair. So I, I, I stood still and I could feel like my back was cramping, my leg was cramping. And oh my God, at the end of that opening, I was so happy that I was able to make it to my chair. Like I just fell into that chair and it took a couple of minutes until those cramps loosened a little bit. Um, overall, what do I want to say? Uh, it it was a, a horrible experience. And from there on, you know, I went to doctors and got painkillers. Then doctors rec recommended a surgery, which I didn't want to have. Then they uh, wanted to give me uh, injections into my back, which I first rejected. Afterwards, I took one. Uh, but that didn't help. So I said, no, we're going to leave that and I have to figure out a different way. And I tested so many things. But the first thing that I want to share with you is that when I was not able to run more than like two, 300 meters with crutches, I knew that I, and I didn't think about, you know, I had the sleep problems were ramping up at that time. But I actually wasn't even thinking about the sleep. I was thinking about, I was more afraid or my bigger purpose was to be able to run again. I thought you're, you're um, somewhere around 40 and you do not want to not be able to walk. Like that's not the life you're supposed to have. So I started off with seeing myself running through those fields again. I knew I would make it. I took these sticks. It weren't actually really crutches. It were northern, northern walking sticks. And I started to walk with those. And I started to walk further and further every single day. And some days I got hit back as it always is. Every time we want to make progress, there will be days where we fall back like taking two or three steps into the right direction and taking a step or two back. Sometimes you might even take three steps back, but it doesn't matter. You have to hold this picture in mind. And that's what I did. So I was, I, I was really determined to be able to walk again. And I was clear that I didn't want to have a surgery just because of the risks. And People are talking to you. People tell you you should do a surgery. People tell you other things. You can hear a lot of that. So it's very important that you get very clear about what is important for you and how your future look, looks, looks like. So that's what I did. I had a lot of talks with people that I met outside when I had my walks. And I got very clear about where I want to go. And what I did next, besides imagining and knowing that I definitely will run again at some point, is that I imagined I could see me walking again. At those times, I was not walking straight. I was kind of, it was more looking like, you know, an old man walking, uh, slightly bent forward and um, with those sticks in my hand. Uh, so I, I could see me walking straight, even. I, I started to look at other people, how they walk. I could get very clear on what people had a very good body movement. So 
which, you know, there are people, I, I never really focused on that before. But if you, if you uh, observe people, you can see people that walk very smoothly, like their head is nearly on the same height. When they walk, it doesn't matter if the left or the red, um, right uh, leg is moving forward. They're kind of in a very smooth rhythm. And others that have problem with their back, their knees, their legs, their feet, kind of don't walk that, that in that harmonious way. And I had a look at those that walked harmoniously. And I thought, oh my God, I am so happy when I'm going to be able to do that again. And I tried to do that more and more. But to get there, it's not enough to just think about what you want to have, right? You have to do things. And I did a lot. It started off with measurement. Uh, I knew as a coach, uh, our brains are tricking us all the time. So I started to measure things. I had a daily measurement sheet and I was having checkpoints in the morning, at lunch, and in the evening before I went to bed. And I checked certain uh, things that I did and saw, and I wanted to see how this impacted my life, especially my pain, because I knew my sleeplessness was coming from my pain, so I focused on my pain. That was the cause, right? I didn't focus on my sleep. I focused on the real cause. I can give you a couple of ideas of what I did. So I had baths every single morning because I knew it helped slightly. I um, took magnesium, which I knew was good. I took curcuma. I took other supplements. I tested them. And when I tested them over a period of, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, I tracked my pain levels. So I would give myself a little cross if I took the magnesium, if I had the bath, if I did my meditation. And then I, I tracked my pain level in the morning, lunchtime, evening, from zero to 10. And that way I was able to figure out what really helped me and what didn't. And that was one reason why I stopped taking the painkillers. Uh, these painkillers that I got, they were not helping me at all or very, very slightly. So I, I stopped taking them. The doctor said, take them. You have to take them because otherwise your, your back will not be able to relax and it's going to get worse and all that stuff. And I did that, but it didn't help. And then I started to measure and I figured out that I'm taking these painkillers, but they're not really significantly helping me. So I'm going to run into the next problem because I knew that the painkillers were bad for my stomach and so on. So I stopped taking them or only took them when I really needed to take, when, when I saw an advantage. Like if I woke up at 2 to 3 a.m. because after 2 to 3 hours of sleep, pain, and that was really, for me, that was, oh my God, I can tell you, probably the worst experience like not even going to bed with pain. That was the one thing I knew what, what gymnastics uh, or what I had to do, like have a walk, do a little, you know, a couple of exercises that I was able to go to bed and fall asleep. The pain level dropped to like a seven, something like that, and was able to fall asleep. And the nice thing was when you sleep, you don't feel pain, right? So that's wonderful. But I knew that two to three hours later, I would wake up. At least that's what happened. It's not good to say I knew that that would happen, even though internally there is a part of, uh, of uh, or was a part of me that knew that this would um, probably happen. And uh, the pain would be like really horrible, like near to close to 10, which is like, you know, just 
I can't even describe how painful this is. And I had to get out of bed at 2 a.m., like roll out of bed to, you know, get up. Uh, and I, I had to walk in the fields as far as I could because movement was a thing that helped the pain to get reduced slightly. And I also took, on, on occasion, I took a painkiller before I had that walk because I knew it would take like half an hour to uh, get a, a slightly um, advantage out of that. And that way, after having, you know, after being up for an hour, I could go to bed again and give it a second try until, you know, two, three hours later, I would wake up again. But then at least I would have had like five hours of sleep. Um, and that's how I moved on. And I tested so many things, like even up to really crazy stuff. My mom got me in a, a, a belt that I could, you know, a broad a broad electroshocking belt, we'll say, because uh, they, this was supposed to um, to uh, cut off the pain that comes from the back and goes over the nerves to the to the brain, essentially over the spine too. And having these little electroshocks in your your back or my back at that time uh, was supposed to help. And this was kind of a very super new startup thing. They had it in the uh, I think the University of Bonn invented this or the um not sure where it came from where my mom found this thing so i tried gave that a try too um and i <laughs> can tell you it didn't help me but I, I gave it a try and i measured it you know what happens actually things went, went worse for me but how could i know i only knew it because i measured what i did so keep track of what you're doing Keep that picture in mind. See yourself sleeping again, feeling good, and try to dig into the cause. If if you are um, not able to fall asleep because you're stressed or because you're worried or angry or these things are going on or you have pain, don't think about your sleep. Your sleep is not the problem. As I always say, take control of the things that you can take control of and sleep will take care of itself. So tackle the cause but today i'm here to kind of share my story so i'm just going to continue with that um at times i could see that things were getting better uh, and that was a great feeling like you know seeing that my pain level on average dropped to an eight was like a big success and it's really hard to notice that if you don't have the records you will just say okay it's still super painful but how often did you have a 10 in the last four weeks? And how often did you have it in the last week? Like, you, you don't know that. You forget stuff like that. And I was able to see that, which gave me the good feeling that I'm on track. I'm going to reach my goal. And I could see things, you know, get better and better. And at those times, the, you know, a thing I didn't share with you yet, I was living on the, so literally I wasn't, at some point I wasn't able to work for weeks because that pain was omnipresent. It, it kept me from sleeping, so I was constantly sleep deprived. I had uh, pain levels that were through the roof. My mood was not the best at times, even though I, you know, I'm an optimistic and, and positive person, at least I think I am, and I do the best to stay so, but... I could see moments where I just wasn't patient or acting as kind as I would try to do if I were in a normal state. So um, I was living on the, the floor 
of our living room on a little yoga mat for months, literally, because I wasn't able to sit or lie or whatever on the sofas. It, it just wasn't possible. So I, I was kneeing in our living room on a yoga mat, had a little chair um, to, to put my, my arms on to keep a little bit of weight off my spine. And uh, from time to time, I just uh, laid down on my back, put my, by my legs onto that chair. Um, if you can imagine that, kind of to, to get a little bit of pressure out of my, my spine. And um, yeah, it was just a uh, really hard time. So uh, I, I get exactly if you say it's really hard. I'm, uh, I've got problems with my productivity, with my relationships, with, with whatever. It's so important to keep positive as long as you can. Keep that picture in mind. Know that you'll you'll be able to figure your way out. Um, Sleep Trust is here to help you. I'm here to help you. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about the the courses that I give from time to time, which which are obviously a, a coaching level, a very personal a level of guidance. But also, the the there are tons of free content that I hand over to you with the best intention, because I know that there are things that will help you to figure out how to get back to become the person that you are, like with all the energy you have, with all those good emotions, with all the creativity, with all the focus, with all that you have to to give to yourself and others. There's one thing that uh, really helped me, and uh, I find this, and that's why I kind of saved this up to the end of the podcast, because I think I'm already rambling on. But there's one thing that really helped me in regards to the pain, and I think this is might be helpful for all of you. I hope it is. And actually, it was meditation. So I'm a big fan of meditation. I was before, and uh, I, I am now. But it was a special meditation. It's not about the meditation, but rather what it did. This meditation was a meditation all around pain. And what it did was not to isolate the pain, but rather to induce that I was supposed to feel into the pain. Like the entire meditation was built up of what does the pain want to tell you? What does, it was kind of this this 360 degree approach. So is there something that you might not, well, what does the pain tell me? The pain told me things. I was constantly busy. I was constantly sitting. I was constantly doing, ignoring my the signs my body gave to me. I was feeling fit. That's not the, the point, but I could have listened. And if I would have listened to my body more intensely, I'm sure I wouldn't have gotten to that situation. That said, on the other side, I'm very thankful that I had this experience because it changed so much to the better in my life. I'm so much more aware about things, about what I want to achieve and do in life, who I want to be, um, how I want to be treated, how I want to treat others. I had a lot of time to reflect on many things, so I'm very thankful that I had this. That said, I wouldn't kind of order stuff like that. It's, <laughs> yeah, I think you, you know what I mean. But the meditation was kind of like this counterintuitive approach instead of trying to reduce the pain in the meditation, which I first thought the meditation would do, like try to reduce the pain on an unconscious level. 
it rather integrated the pain. So typically, at least my reaction, I think it's probably true for most people, is that we want to isolate it. We want to turn it off. Like if you would give me a switch, you would just turn the volume down, turn it off if possible, but at least turn the volume down. And to feel into the pain was actually uh, one of my best helpers to fall asleep when it was really painful. I felt into that pain, felt my into the pain, the, 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 the sensation in my entire leg, felt my feet tingling at times, felt everything. I tried to feel everything and to just feel, feel into that entire uh, sensation. And as I said, it helped me to fall asleep. Not like only once. <laughs> it, it was a real game changer. Uh, but there were other things too. Like the, the one thing is that you're able or I was able to fall asleep again. But you have to have the right goal. You have to have the right vision. And you have to tackle the underlying cause. There's no such thing as a sleep problem. Problems always arise from somewhere around. You might have pain like I had. You might have uh, a racing mind, worries, emotions that have a cause. You might have uh, your nutrition hormones, other things in your body not working right, you have to tackle the cause. Get clear on the cause, keep that vision up there, and then you're going to take the necessary steps and measure what you're doing. That's what I did and what got me out. So when my, when my sleep story came to an end, I was able to sleep again. You can imagine how happy I was when I was able to, to sleep like five hours in a row without waking up, six hours, then, then seven and a half hours, I was, I was feeling so fantastic. And um, that's what I wish for you and that I want to share with you. That's why I'm sharing this with you. It doesn't matter how desperate you might be at the moment, how bad your sleep problems are. There is a way out, but it starts with doing the right things and it starts with believing that you will be able to do that. When it comes to sleep, we have to address the whole package. Like it starts with the mindset and that's exactly how the Sleep Trust Sleep Map is built up that you can download for free. So you just have to go to sleeptrust.eu and you can download it there. Uh, you have to start with the mindset. If you don't have the belief, the clear vision that you will sleep good and tackle other things like a purposeful motivation, you're going to have a hard time to reach your goal. So do things in the right order. After that, it's the practice. So you have to test things. Uh, you might not have to test the electro belt, but you'll have other things that you know relate to you that could give you that, that effect of um, helping you in regards to your personal sleep problem. And there's a lot you can do. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that you will find that relate to your personal situation. And then you have to get things habitual. You have to do it like, you know, tracking your progress is a thing that you should do daily. And doing that and repeating the things that you're doing will get you into doing the right things on autopilot. And that's kind of the third block of the sleep map. So mindset, practice and habit, that's the, the three blocks you want to tackle. And the sleep trust sleep map is a very simple, straightforward, proven, scientifically based approach to do so. I use this for every coaching. It's built out of my coaching experience that I had 
far before because in the end you um, certain things are always the same no matter what change we're talking about you always have to have your mindset right you always have to do things to to achieve something and you always want to get habitual about it that you don't have to think about them so that's the the core structure is the same for everything but this one is mapped out for sleep specifically and you can really benefit from um, taking this map and applying it to your life but as said this it's up to you how you um, work with this you can reject everything uh, i said you can think about what i said and pick things that you say okay that that's that might be worth doing it was successful for michael it's successful for his clients and it might also be helpful for me and that's what i wish for you and that's why i did this podcast to inspire you to just copy people that were successful that's rule number one you always want to copy people that are successful there's no point in in asking somebody that is broke how to uh, get your finances running and there's no point in asking somebody who's not able to sleep like you know there are a lot of doctors that don't sleep well. Don't ask a doctor that can't sleep well or that looks unhealthy how to get healthy. It's, it's just pick a doctor that looks healthy or that is sleeping well. And he can tell you how he does this. And then he can bring in his or her skills to tell you exactly what you should be doing and to measure the right things. I just started a new sleep trust group on Facebook. This is essentially a place where like-minded people that want to improve their sleep meet where they ask questions, where they help others with the experience that they already gained and where you can reach out to me. I'm in there too and I answer questions there too. It's literally the only place where I answer questions, personal questions for free. So go there. I'm really looking forward to see you there and um, maybe just share your sleep story when you attend and show up in this group. I think that would be a great thing to start. Maybe we should all do that, share our sleep stories, maybe in a shorter version, so not like me rambling on for 20 minutes or something like that. But if, if you share your sleep story with others in the group, I'm sure you're going to get help that people will come up with ideas that might inspire you to do things that will really help you. And as I said, I'm there too. And uh, you're you're really invited to uh, to hop onto that group. It won't cost you anything. It's for free. So check out the show notes of this week's episode if you're interested in the Sleep Trust Sleep Group or just go to sleeptrust.eu. There's a little Facebook sign. I think it's on the top or the bottom. But if you click onto that Facebook uh, Facebook icon, then it will bring you straight to the group. So that's the two ways that you can find the group. There's not too much to wrap up today. So I'll just end this podcast right now, right here. It was great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed my personal sleep story and that you tune in next week when I'm going to send you a little Christmas and New Year message. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu. That's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything in this podcast is my opinion only, 
so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.